0: Here at the Bounce of the Ball, we'd like to acknowledge the my people, the traditional custodians of the land in which we are recording this podcast. We pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging, and extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening. G'day and welcome back to the channel. Before we get started with the video, just want to inform you that 95% of you who watch our videos on a regular basis aren't actually subscribed yet, so that would make a massive impact to how our channel can grow. So it'd really be appreciated if you take the time to subscribe to our videos and to like um, like them as well and share them on the socials. Yeah. So all that aside, let's get amongst it. Welcome back to the bounce of the ball. This is the NRL talk show. So this week we are talking about round 16 results god save me uh we're also going to have a look at the origin teams that were selected and released today i believe we're also going to have a bit of a chat about buzz rockfield article so we will have that over at tigers talk at the back end of the episode okay so without further ado let's get amongst this shit okay bro so we'll have a look at round 16 results i didn't go too bad in the tipping um 5 from 8, but I did tip Newcastle because I was expecting them to go big. So, let's just have a quick look. Okay, so, yeah, we'll start off with Friday night. Was that Thursday night? Yeah, Thursday night where we had Manly taking on the Storm. So, that was an absolute shock, I suppose, at first, you could say. Um, Manly came out, absolutely fed the Storm early, and they put out a commanding lead and then um, the storm crossed late. Then Jake Trevojevic was caught audibly saying uh, that he was fucking pissed off that they'd scored that try. <laughs> so yeah. And then Melbourne storm decided to make an absolute game of it. Um, Ryan Pappenhausen made up for his shocking start of the game for all the super Cage points and um, cut absolute sick in the dying minutes of the game to yeah, get it kind of close. Did you catch mm-hmm. the game at all, mate?
1: Yeah, I did, actually. Um, the Storm were messy. Um, I haven't messy. seen them make that many mistakes during a game before. They played like the Tigers. It was disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, okay, I have no words about that one. But, yeah, just yeah. lots of basic errors, knock-ons, just not – Yeah. Passes going over the top of people's heads. It was just a weird game by him. It just looked – they're just out of sorts. I don't know what's happening there at all. Happenhausen was shocking for the first 60 to 70 minutes of that game, let's say.
0: But um, the last two minutes, he switched it on, you know what I mean? And, like, they got within six points. And then he made a bizarre bizarre choice to take the ball out at the end instead of having a crack at going short side. And I don't know. Did you see that? No, I don't
1: remember that play. Very, very dying
0: phases of the game.
1: I might have just I, think a, anyway. I think I might have just given up on paying attention to it in all honesty. But, um, we'll put
0: down to that last second, last play. There were seconds left and there were six points behind. And I think there was a, a gap down the sideline that, you know, he could have had a crack at and he decided to take the ball out. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if I – yeah, I have to re-watch that to see it again. But yeah, it just seemed odd to me that, like, you put all that effort in to just have a bit of <clears> – to just take
1: the ball out right at the death. It's finale. one of those things you, you just think you're just going to play till the very yeah. end, eh? Like, just try. You, they had nothing to lose. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyhow, oh. that took us off to Friday night where we had um, Newcastle Knights play host to the Titans. Now, Knights put on an absolute show. they both their edges went. <laughs> Ape shit, I suppose you could say. Edric Lee finished with five tries. and Dom Young got a hat-trick himself. Um, yep. But while I was watching this game, I decided to pose this question on Twitter. How does Justin Holbrook still have a job? You know I'm a bit sensitive about Madge being fired, and I look around the rest of the league, and I'm seeing these trash coaches with teams that yeah, are objectively better. Like They have Tino and... Um, uh, the other big barnstorming, Fafita in their team. You know what I mean? Like, they've got some amazing hey, players. In team.
1: They've
0: got Wallace in there as well. Like, they've got a strong yep. team. And they actually got pinged for that terrible tackle on the weekend. Um But...
1: Oh, that's a... Yeah, that's I don't know what's,
0: That was horrific. That young bloke's lucky didn't get his neck broken from that spear tackle. It exactly. just, everyone worked out in a terrible position from that. But like I'm saying, like, I, I, the ill-discipline in that team with it, the coach has to have some level of culpability. Like I did have one of my uh, mates who's been on the show a few times respond because uh, he's a good coach. And I'm like, oh, is he there? Yeah, that's, that's pretty <laughs> much all I can say, bro. Like from what I'm seeing, he's not that good a coach. hey, And I don't think he deserves to keep his job. When I'm seeing some other people who are losing their job around the league, they're losing jobs – Expected to do wonders with shit rosters, where he's got a roster that he made the top eight with last year, put on a bit of a show, and this year he has no excuse for going this far backwards. They are currently running last. After the next, after this weekend, they will be in second last because there's no way that the Tigers are beating Parramatta, and mm-hmm. um, they already have minus. 188 points compared to the 177. It's only two points separating them at the moment on the table between them and the Titans. So the Tigers will end up in last position. I can't see them winning a game in this year. So the Tigers look like winning the first wooden spoon. Yeah. So we'll get to that in a moment. Wow. In Tigers, talk. You reckon? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'd put money on it right now. I think it's an near certainty um, So okay. we'll get to that pain soon. But um, what – I will talk about is the other game that occurred on Friday night was the Panthers and East. Now that was a cracker of a game for East. They had an amazing crack. Um, Robinson was highly critical of the refereeing afterwards. And I kind of don't blame him watching the game. East just did not get one of the 50, 50 calls. Like it's objectively stated by many of the commentators who watched that both radio and uh, the TV commentators that there wasn't, there wasn't really a 50-50 call. They did not get the rub of the green throughout the entire game. And they'd found themselves in front. And, yeah, mm-hmm. um, the Sam Verrill's tackle was ridiculous. The Simon uh, – the sorry, the Crichton 10 minutes was not 10 minutes in the bin. That was a penalty at best. And it shouldn't have even been taken back to, in a sense. Like, the game plays on that far down the line, you know what I mean? I've never seen –
1: You're talking about where he tackled the guy without the ball.
0: Well, He ran him off the line, you know what I mean? Like,
1: No, he grabbed him from behind. Yeah, okay, it wasn't a
0: try-scoring situation. I've seen that stuff happen before. It's been a penalty, but it's been a penalty in the moment as it's happened. My point is that, like, if that happened to a bottom eight team, that wouldn't have been pulled up. That would have been just like, oh, well, that's unfortunate. Human error occurs in refereeing in games. But for some reason, if Melbourne and Penrith are playing, the bunkers retroactively like enforcing rules or choosing not to and waiting for teams to um, when it's fallen in favor of Penrith and Melbourne choosing to allow the team to like, they turn around and say, Oh, well you have the opportunity to challenge that. You know what I mean? They they fall back on these excuses all the time and it's becoming quite evident that now like, yeah, as a Tigers fan, you could say it and people look at you and roll your eyes, roll their eyes because, you know, he's just got a shit team and a shit roster, just face it, he's a playing crap. But when a team like East are beating Penrith and then everyone's kind of looking at each other at some pretty dodgy refereeing decisions that change the outcome of a game late, you're kind of thinking, well, what's happening here? You know what I mean? Like, who, who, who is it? Like, it's kind of becoming an objective reality that the top four and even top two teams are officiated at a different
1: with a different assumption, okay. I suppose, of standard. So, than the other teams in the competition, this, let's have a look at those two situations. This the is kind of NBA esque in a way, yeah. But the, the first, true, the, the first fans. tackle, that first call, he tackled or made without the ball. He actually stopped them, for, like, he stopped that opportunity for them to What are you saying? Right is, that, is that a justified? So, what I'll I accept think is probably it was slightly minutes late. Minutes. It was slightly is, late, but is, is it deserving of a 10 minutes in the same bin? They've been calling professional fouls 10 minutes in the bin all season. It's I a really professional bad. foul. That was that was hey, maybe not that bad, but I, it's a professional calls. I don't then.
0: agree with that one. Okay, so what about the various tackle know. with that player? Um, when Sorensen died into the ground head first, after like he didn't, die he made a into legs ground, tackle, mate. He made a legs yeah. tackle. And old mate kind of went head first in the ground and they said they put him in a dangerous the ref, position.
1: To do that. The ref actually said it's unfortunate, but you have put his you've put him in a dangerous position. He could have broken his neck. It's oh, that's all right. I forgot
0: you've become a Penrith
1: bandwagoner. You oh, can't yeah, objectively sure,
0: discuss No, his
1: <laughs> no but let's be real though. Like he did go past the 45, he went into the ground head first. The ref, when he called the penalty, said it's unfortunate, but you have put him in a dangerous position. He didn't say that you have it's dangerous play on your part. It was unfortunate. And the rules yeah. are if someone ends up in that position, it's a penalty. It's it's soft, yeah. but it is. That's what like so because- he's saying. But I just
0: like in the context of that game, it's kind of like they're both realistically top eight teams. And like, I don't know exactly where is sitting on the ladder at the moment. I don't think they're actually going that well this year, but. It's East. We we do know what kind of team they are. And then usually do get mm. usual rub of the green. And you think in that kind of contest that it would be an evenly kind of, I don't know. I don't know. Some people, I, so... I think most of the people who watch, the, who watch the game who aren't Penrith supporters believe, you know, and I'm talking neutrals here, believe mm. that there was definitely like a lot of 50-50 calls that just naturally went Penrith's way. And East mm. didn't get enough, enough of the rub of the green on the calls on the night.
1: Okay, so during the press conference, um, Teddy and... Um, and Robbo mentioned Yeah, they were both there saying, like, especially Teddy said... Well, they accepted gender- that
0: they should have let the try in afterwards, but they kind of like said, we yeah, shouldn't really in should But be at the same the time, Teddy was complaining...
1: Yeah, Teddy was complaining that um, they'll defend their line and then they'll get pinged when it's the last tackle. They're offside. Yeah. You have to... Like, I understand what he's saying, but at the same time, you have to keep a discipline. And if they had kept their discipline on the edges, they would have nullified that threat. So yes, they got pinged a lot, but they were offside. At the same time, there were times when the Panthers halves were actually getting called like you're inside 10, you're inside 10. At times that doesn't help though like the attacking team like whistle, like called like blow your whistle, Whistle him offside, and that would have evened it up a little bit more, I suppose, as opposed to t- calling the guy that you're inside 10, you need to get back all the time. So yeah. I can understand what they're saying there, but that's something that the refs do for all teams, I've found. Um, but I don't know, mate. Like those do they two, know? <laughs> do <they know? laughs> I don't know, mate. I don't know. <clears throat> it was lopsided penalty count, but yeah. Mm. The major thing about that tackle and that try, everyone's sitting there saying he uh oh, it's soft, but the guy was in a dangerous position at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, it was it was ordinary. In my mind, it was Wait, pretty ordinary.
1: He, he went head first into the ground.
0: Yeah. Okay, we won't get stuck. We'll in I <laughs> thought that he was runforce tonight. Penrith did fight their way back, so I did tip them, so it was kind of handy for me that I got a tip there. Um <laughs> As you can see, so um, that made me three from uh, two from three, because I mm-hmm. did not tip Manly. Is no one in their right mind would tipped have, unless they're a diehard Manly fan. Um, I went out okay the next day on Saturday. I tipped the Sharks to beat the Bulldogs. That was a messy affair. The rain just it would not an stop, and game. it would not filter off the field. It looked like it was a game played in the eighties at one point. Um, it was quite awful. interesting. I know, right? Um, Then the Cowboys got the better of the big brother, uh, Broncos. Then South Sydney put on an absolute show, uh, and Latrell Mitchell and Alex Johnson played extremely well. Um, It's kind of led us to some controversy we'll get to in a moment. Um, Yeah, they really put a number on Parramatta. So Parramatta's hopes of Mm. contending this year are – looking more and more sparse. They managed to beat the teams that kind of really, really matter, but you've got to beat these other teams to get there in the end, don't you, to play these teams? so You do. They just don't seem consistent enough at this point, and I feel for Para fans, not at all. <laughs> I'd like to apologize for absolutely nothing.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Talk about being a salty, salty Tigers fan. Eh? Uh,
0: Clint Gufferson is the greatest vlog in rugby league. Anyhow, that takes us to the next day. Um, so we'll talk about Luttrell in a minute. He had a great comeback from injury. Um wish he crossed the line, but it would have really helped me with my multi that I had on. I had a terrible weekend with the Maltese. Even is it even Izzy let me down. Bastard. Anyhow,
1: um, I told you, when's the last time Izzy actually stopped someone?
0: Uh, three or four fights ago. I was I thought he was due. I thought he was due. But I should have known better. I just got get greedy, man. I, I, I just tried to bite a bit more off than I could chew. Um, so we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But the next day we had the Tigers heading over to New Zealand to play the Warriors. The Warriors playing their first what home game, game. over a thousand days. And what a game. It was okay if you're a Warriors fan. It would have been an amazing game to watch. But for the oh, Tigers fan, that we had
1: Rob didn't hold so, back at all, did he?
0: It was no, no, he did not hold back at all, and I don't blame him. Um, yeah, uh, another great Twitter follow out there is quite karate, karate Warrior 2. Uh, rugby league has made me so angry today, it's so saddening. <laughs> That's so it,
1: sad. It,
0: I know, man, right? This is what's happened. Like, feel
1: the pain in those tweets,
0: dude. I'm going to get to it soon, but <laughs> I'm a content creator. Yeah. I love my tigers and I'd love to say something positive about them, but at the moment it's just turned into an absolute horror show. There's nothing, there's nothing redeemable about this team.
1: Well, I, at least I, you spotted the uh, penalty. It's, you know what I mean? You didn't get held to nil. Like, that's that's a positive.
0: How can we become more of a meme team? Like, I think this just pretty much sums up how I'm feeling at the moment about the caretaker coach. And someone tweeted and that's asked cold. a fair question. Has that's anyone ha- has a has an interim coach ever been sacked for another interim coach? And and mate, like at this point, I'd be happy with that decision. But I'm not gonna
1: dwell Sack on this too much longer
0: because we're going to have a big crack about this in Tigers talk in a minute. So, um, yeah, on with the next final game of the weekend. It was St. George and Canberra. Now, that game ended in a little bit of controversy.
1: Um, did you manage to catch the end of that? I watched the game, but I didn't think there was anything all that controversial about it. There was nothing wrong about
0: the um, the non-call at the end from the non-square marker from Ben Hunt. He played no. it well. He put – what he did was, right – it was the most Reggie Miller shit I've ever seen in a freaking um, <laughs> <laughs> in an NRL game. So. I was just gonna leave that in the hands of the officials. <laughs> it's like, if you want to make that call in the dying seconds that I'm not square at marker, by all um, means, you do it. But I'm getting out there anyway. And you do you know, not you feel as though?
1: It. Do you not feel as though the guy stepped off the mark a little bit though? you know
0: what I mean. Marker's got to be square, so. That's probably probably what muddied it in the end, bro. You know what I mean? So, yeah.
1: I thought he stepped off the mark a little bit, but... Mm -hmm.
0: I think in the end, St. George probably deserved to win the game. Yeah. When you have a look at the whole game of an 80 minutes played. But, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's just how it works out in the end. It is football. It is like this tweet states. Rugby league has made me so angry today. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much, yeah, sums it up for... A lot of people out there who are watching Rugby at the moment who do not follow top four teams. Anyhow, so that brings us on to something more interesting to talk about. I'm going to head over and have a chat about good old State of Origin. At least I've got something to barrack for. Yeah, knowing my luck, yeah, we know what's going to happen. So do you want to bring up the Origin teams, mate? No worries. Okay, so teams released today. We have the same... Teams one through 13, and uh, we have a few changes uh, except for Queensland had to have a forced change. Felice Cafusi is out of the team, he's apparently gone to America to spend time with his father, who is gravely ill, apparently. Um, which is unfortunate. Great. Uh, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to him. I actually lost my father earlier this year, so I'm quite sympathetic to the situation he's in at the moment. Um yeah, but all that aside, we have uh Jeremiah Jeremiah Nani from the Cowboys coming into the starting side to fill that hole. And the bench spot has been filled by Tim Gilbert, I believe. And the change we have to the interchange bench for is there any changes actually to New South Wales, or is that the same through one through seventeen?
1: Uh Jordan McLean's making his origin debut, isn't he? That's, all, that's McLean's
0: in that's right, because Payne Haas has been ruled
1: out through injury.
0: So That's you right. were actually a bit, um, you questioned that selection
1: just before. Oh, I'm I was just asking the question. Um, because if we go down a little bit, they've got Jacobs Afidi back in the reserves. Um, guy who was an incumbent origin player. I thought they would have gone for the experience um, as opposed to someone making a debut on a big game like that.
0: Yeah. But McLean has big game presence and big game experience, being a former Melbourne player and premiership winner down there. Um, mm-hmm. He's playing in a really strong unit this year um, at North Queensland, so he's part of a winning culture at the moment. So when you compare that to what is playing in at the moment in Newcastle, like Newcastle had a great win on the weekend, but that hasn't been typical of their performances this year. It's quite atypical actually, if if anything. So. Um, I understand, and I get your point of view that Cyfety's being incumbent was probably a, a, would probably be the safe selection. Um, but yeah, Freddie's gone out of the box with this one. I think it's a good call. I, I think McLean's going to do justice to the job and the jersey.
1: Well, as we said, he's experienced. He's played in big games. I just would have gone with that Origin experience instead. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a good it's a good team. It's a very good team. Very yeah, cool. Um, the only thing you did question before was the, uh, New South Wales center combination. Yeah. Um, I thought Whiten it's, 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 it's a bold call to leave
0: Whiten out considering he wasn't injured for game two. And it was, he was only ruled out through COVID and he was hands down the best player on the field for New South Wales in game one. You think that alone would automatically select him, but you can see the argument for maintaining the same team. Um,
1: I just Is think Queensland, the, the same
0: through They've chosen Ga- Gagai again, haven't they? They stay yeah, strong they with the team. So that's, yeah. that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, you have the flexibility with your reserves to do to move players play in and out. And you know, you can change the team and mm-hmm. it's interesting to see if clean Queen, Queensland will play that card. Um, yeah, I just thought Whiten did enough. He's, he's a strong player. He scored that amazing try. His defense is... Sh- Crichton relies on his lateral movement where Whiten size. and he, he gets up in the face of the defense and smothers it a lot more effectively than Crichton could. And I think a defensive center with all the attacking options would be my option I'd be going with because White one of the best defensive centers at Origin.
1: Yeah. I just think it's a case of trying to um, keep your club pairings together. Um, and if, Crichton
0: know, got absolutely <laughs> cooked by Ponga in game two.
1: Until Nathan Cleary jammed him. Yeah, but uh, that's it, what I mean. You, that you was just after that two club... tries were scored down Crichton's side. <laughs> okay, fair in, enough. In I, as I said, <clears throat> they had a winning team. You have your club combination there on that side. I just think maybe that's the thought process behind it. I'm not sure. you got, Entirely, you got Crichton. I'm not sure. I, I, that's what I'm Entirely.
0: Into. All analytic studies of the game
1: these days
0: highlight that consistency and and continuity in players is how you create longevity <clears throat> in, you know, in winning and performance in teams, you know. If these players play with each other then you know intuitively they're going to freaking
1: <laughs> they understand win games together other.
0: because of the combinations yep. that they play from their understanding of each other's play yeah
1: yeah they train together all year so it makes sense especially with the limited time they get together in origin camp and so on and so forth that's that's just how i thought that was my thought process there as to why he went with um Steven again
0: yeah the all blacks did that for years with the crusaders
1: yeah, and they're looking to the going and, forward
0: as well. Uh, Richard McCaw through that period, mm-hmm. their
1: centre the combinations,
0: eight, <clears throat> eight or nine players of the team of the starting All Blacks fifteen were from the Crusaders, nine-time Super Rugby winning competition team. So yep.
1: and um, that's when they went Ma Nonu and Umanga in the um, centre combinations. It makes sense. Dan Carter and Richard McCaw and <clears throat> Yep. Like, just club combo, so, club combos, and that, yeah. But anyway, I digress. Yeah. We need, yeah, but and that's yeah, what's that's, that's, that's just... the same
0: thing as playing out here in Origin, and that's the same thing that played out with Queensland's dominance back in the day. Their spine was the
1: Melbourne what, spine. What, that Melbourne core? Yeah, yeah, and, and the guys who played in that, of, yeah, came together exactly. well. So yeah, it makes sense. You that's got the best team of the best team of the competition at the moment. Maybe just try to keep them together. Who knows? They even had Bellamy coaching against that core team, and he still couldn't formulate a plan to stop his own
0: core. How's that? Yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it? Like um, the coach you call it, just proves how much the core was the coach of the team, and Bellamy is just a management of players and a and a, I, and a enforcer of accountability and structure within the club.
1: I think Bellamy would have won an Origin series if he'd gone again. Oh, for we sure. We he that far coached off. It now. He'd, be flogging teams
0: 50-0, the level yeah, of accountability we were, he has for his players and he didn't steal in them within that short period, yeah.
1: But, I just think we, – we, But we he'd be coaching against
0: his team again. He'd be coaching against, against Munster and Grant and all that, like, still.
1: No yeah, matter what he true.
0: does, man, he, he creates Melbourne's – he creates any dominance that Queensland has
1: with his structures at good, Melbourne. He's had and a because, great run as coach, hasn't
0: he? Yeah, and this is how um, – you know we he turned down the Tigers gig? Oh, did he really? That's how Tim Sheens was the Tigers coach.
1: Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah,
0: Melody turned down the Tigers gig and took on the Melbourne gig, and Sheens took on, because of the vacancy, it left it open for Sheens to be the second option for the job. Sheens ended Mm -hmm. up showing up the position with a premiership and then, like, banning the job until 10 years ago when he got fired. Yep.
1: Okay. Yeah, well, that's a he's good, the one who set easy. up like the
0: junior systems that had like Luke Brooks coming through with Moses and Tedesco and all them players as well, and yeah. Tappenhausen and all that that the club end up getting rid of and are now gone off to be, do bigger and better things at other clubs. So, like, it might have been a mistake getting rid of Sheens. We're going to get to that in a minute. Actually, um, we'll get just finish off this origin stuff. But um, yeah, what do you think? What's your call for the game? Who, who are you picking?
1: I told as I said before game two, um, how can you not pick New South Wales? Yeah. It's pretty the
0: team they've chosen this time and last like and last time, like you
1: you saw what them combinations mean. hundred percent. Having Jake Jabrovic back in that team absolutely changed New South Wales dynamic. You and clearly had a
0: dog of a game in game one and his game two performance was one of the most
1: it was outstanding dominant one. things.
0: It, it's only second to
1: um, Game Two, Andrew Johns, two thousand and five. Yeah, that was the f- one time I'd ever seen New South Wales win Origin.
0: Joey's two thousand and five <clears throat> is the single-handed greatest performance I've ever seen by a player ever in a football game. Um, the standard he set for that team in defense and then went around and just tore them apart at the other end in attack. Was yeah, it was one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life, man. One of the greatest <laughs> things I've
1: ever seen in my life. Yep. That no, was a good game.
0: Uh right. it wasn't just a game, it was that single performance, man. No one else was on the field that day. It was just like they were just all spectators to what Joey Johns was doing. But you know, I'm I'm not a massive huge fan of Joey and I know that's like sacrilege even like saying that. But I have to admit that was the single single greatest performance I've ever seen by a football player. I've never seen someone dominate a game with like, you know, there's twenty-six blokes on the field, but one person basically having the ball on a string and no one else could even consider doing what he was doing with the ball. So
1: There were those games that Greg Inglis took over during Origin as well, where he absolutely blitzed. They were huge,
0: and they were like this big dominant force. I get it. It was ridiculous. Just manhandled. It looked like men versus boys What Joey was doing around everyone and just – it's like he was forcing them to do stuff with his mind. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, dude. Like, yeah. When halfbacks start making you do stuff before – and they know you're going to do it, and you just watch the whole thing happen. It's kind of scary,
1: and you can't stop and, it.
0: And and he had the ball on utter string, too. Man, like his mm. kicking game that night was nothing short of perfection.
1: As I said, never, if he hadn't played a single a
0: ball, never stopped short of or, or ran long or did anything. It was just a game of millimeters. It was just one of the and, and like I said. It was the first game he played all season. And you can see where we are in the season. Game two was only played a week ago, right? And this is yep. 15 rounds into a season. And I think it's a similar time frame back then. So Andrew John's not playing a single game all year and then coming in first game of the year, Origin 2. What's that? That's
1: he may ins- have played one insane. or two
0: and, be- and missed that much. Correct me if I'm wrong in the um, comments, please, by all means. Yeah, by all means as well, jump in the comments and like, yeah. Add some ideas about where you want to hear us talk about. Anyway, so game three is played on Wednesday night. It's going to be an absolute cracker. So it's 10 days away
1: at this point, I believe. Nine to 10 uh, days the, away. The, the, the 13th of July, I believe it is. There you go. So yeah, that's a week. Yep. Going to have a bit of a build up. So one of the things that
0: did happen was after the Souths game, uh, there was all this talk about seeing how Latrell Mitchell would pull up. And he's Mm -hmm. chosen to decide he's not playing. Now, the thing about that is that um, if you're eligible to play Origin and you've been selected, uh, then by the lore of the game, you have to play. So by saying that he's not going to play and opting out before selection, is a smart move. It's brave um, because he's opened himself up to be fined now by the league, possibly, and suspended for a game
1: because of his do eligibility. Do you not believe that? Do you not believe that him and Fitliff sat down and actually discussed this before the game, and regardless as to how he played, he may have been told that, mate, I want you to get a few games under your belt first before you come back into the Origin Arena. Um, well, listen,
0: if that was the case, then Luttrell wouldn't have had to opt out. I think Luttrell was going to be picked. And he's chosen sure. and told Freddie, listen, I, I don't know, bro. okay? I just want to focus on the team here. You've got a good enough set of boys there. You smashed them game two. I'm going to opt out. And mm. the thing is, he's not allowed to opt out if he's eligible to play and he's fit enough to play, which he showed from his last game he is then he should play. The only way he can't play is if he's injured um, and he's been ruled out. So I don't think we've ever had this situation before.
1: But that's what I'm saying. I'm pretty sure him and Freddie have sat down before. Did this happen with Nathan Lyon once? Not Nathan Lyon. Uh, What's his name? Jamie Lyon.
0: Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But – Yeah, it's a very, very rare thing that players opt out. They normally have to retire. If you're under the age of 30 and you're eligible to play, you've got to play. Mm -hmm. That's as far as I know what the thing is. So, Luchel fits our criteria and he's opted out. And with Freddie not picking him, it allows him to play for Souths. Now, that's that's a bit of a boys club kind of thing as well there. So, Freddie not picking him and saying, I wouldn't have, you know what I mean, when we all know that the trail opting out is the only reason that freddie didn't pick him
1: you're being a bit presumptuous I, there though bro
0: no i'm not i'm not at all man. i actually this think like heavily I think, speculated in the press at the moment and everyone's kind of going
1: dude you can't do this shit like twitter's a storm with it yeah but the speculating that freddie's gonna pick him he may not have been picking him he may have sat down looked at his team and thought you know are what? You
0: telling me i'm happy that the that the most savage attacking weapon available for New South Wales, healthy, wouldn't be selected. He's played one game of football. Doesn't matter. How is we he just gonna play? We just literally raved lyrically about Joey.
1: Completely okay? different. Okay, about views, not playing in different positions. About not
0: playing all year, but okay, LaCelle's well, played one game on the weekend. Are you telling me that Ferrari that ran out there on the weekend wouldn't take it up a gear in origin and absolutely dominate.
1: You got a McLaren sitting on the reserves there for New South Wales as well. You literally just said you would have played Jack. Who would you have dropped out of those? Who would you have dropped Burton for him? Well, So
0: Whiten non-selection is only a debate (laughs)
1: because of Latrell's non-selection.
0: In my mind, I think Latrell's an automatic walk up. And if Turbo's healthy, he's the same. It was obvious last year, they were the two dominant forces on the field. It was scary. Like, it was my team I was watching and I was even scared for Queenslanders watching it. It was insane, bro.
1: That was some (laughs) of the best, most
0: dominant football I've ever watched in my life. Okay? And they they were throwing dudes off at will. And that's what Latrell, that's, you know, he takes it to the edge and that's what got him in trouble at the end of last year. But we all, you know, Praise him for doing it at origin time. So, yeah, I just think Latrell Mitchell is
1: an automatic selection at origin. I don't know, mate. I don't know. As I said, I'm pretty certain him and Freddie have sat down beforehand, had a discussion about it, asked him how he's feeling, if he's feeling up for it yet or not. Oh, yeah, so certain, hey? So certain, yeah. <laughs> Hey, that's look. I'm pretty certain. If I was, I'm pretty certain. If I was a coach, that's exactly what I would do. In all honesty, that's what I would do. I would speak to guys like that and see how he's feeling, if he's up for it yet or not. Like, I don't know about you, but that's what I would do.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, it's going to be great when the game kicks off. Origin 3 it's going to be a ripper of a game. It is not a dead rubber. It is a decider. It's going to be played up at Old Lang Park there at Suncorp. So game
1: on. Go the Blues. Ooh. It will be a full stadium too, won't it? It's going to be a ripper. It's going to be amazing.
0: Okay. So that wraps us up again for the week. Um, Yeah. If you're listening to us on Spotify, give us a follow. Give us a five-star review. Uh, Share us on the socials. If you're watching us on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel and like all our videos. Only 95% of you who actually watch the video are actually subscribed. So do us a big solid and give us a follow. Um, Yeah. and Subscribe. Really appreciate it. Uh, Also, you can follow us on the socials. So you can follow me at Rob underscore Aaron 23. Where can we get you, Chappie?
1: At Chappie's Titans, brother.
0: Okay. And you can also follow the podcast at TVOTB podcast on Twitter. We are pushing 100 sub um, follows over there. So jump over there and give us a follow as well. Okay. So that's us this week. Hopefully the pain will end soon. I fucking doubt it um hopefully Brett Kamali is sacked in the meantime I've never wanted a sacking of a coach more in my entire life it's bizarre um and I don't even care for him at all so please goodbye (laughs) and yeah please stop us from feeling this pain we'll see you later guys